welcome to another episode of The Finnovator with me, Stuart Bell. I'm a business coach, uh, author, founder of the Leverage Advice Fund Program. I work with advice professionals. I help them build better businesses that service, serve them and their clients. Today's Finnovator, I'm taking a little bit of a different tack. Um, I'd like to share a story. Well, two stories, actually. Uh, the first is uh, around uh, an area that I've been doing a lot of work with businesses over these past months, and you would have heard from some of them who've really nailed this in previous podcasts. WealthNet's uh, client experience work over the last 12 months has been incredible, uh, and that's just kind of the start, the tip of the iceberg. A lot of other people doing some work on this. Matt Bruce is another one that comes to mind. Uh, shout out to you both. Um, but the second is kind of a practical application or, 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 or you know demonstration of sometimes how just going out and asking can be the difference between sort of struggling with a problem and breaking through. Uh, there's more to, to it, but uh, I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, I've called it the experience game, and I hope you're able to come out of this one really understanding how to turn an idea of having a system that engages your clients into something that's workable and practical, as well as uh, maybe a, a new trick to your bow, whatever the terminology is there, that you uh, will have a new way of approaching problems moving forward. So I hope you enjoy it, the experience game with me. I want to share a story today, uh, and it's got to do with uh, sort of a, a habit I've had through the years. Uh, I believe that sometimes when you share metaphors or stories or case studies as a way of demonstrating why something matters or why something's important, it works on so many levels. It'll work for you with clients. Uh, it works for me as a coach, and it's just a simple way of getting traction with concepts and ideas. One of the examples I've been telling for a while and talking about is, uh, is to do with Bridge Climb Sydney. If you've experienced Bridge Climb Sydney, a lot of what I'm about to talk about will make a lot of sense to you. If you haven't, here's what you need to know about Bridge Climb. Uh, it was founded back in, I think, 1991, and the gentleman who was kind of the driving force behind it was a gentleman called Paul Cave. Um, when Paul approached the four government departments that uh, basically managed the Sydney Harbour Bridge, uh, which I believe are roads and transport, uh, the state government, heritage, and, and I think the federal government as well. Uh, he had this idea. Uh, it had come off the back of being part of an entrepreneur, entrepreneur association trip up the bridge. And he just sat there and thought, why are no, more people not experiencing the power of going up this amazing bridge, getting to the top and looking back and all that comes with it? And so he, he approached these four uh, departments and said, I've got this idea for a business. And in the way that you'd expect of uh, bureaucratic government departments, they came back with over 100 reasons he couldn't do it. And over the course of 10 years, Paul went away and he solved all of these problems. And he created the business that, uh, that he's got today, which has taken, I think, well over three and a half million people over the bridge. It's made a lot of money and it basically was the world's first bridge climb uh, situation. Uh, and I've been telling that story for years. And in the back of my mind, I had this thing, I'd love to run an event at Bridge Climb. I, you know, I just, I wrote it off. I just thought it's too expensive. I won't be able to do it. And eventually I, I was looking at venues. I was trying to find a really, really good way of, of kind of demonstrating the point I'm going to make in a minute uh, about how to demonstrate this. And I picked up the phone and I rang. And what came back to, it was actually Bridge Climb, running events at Bridge Climb wasn't expensive and it was totally in our budget. And guess what? It happened. Uh, for me, that was, a, that was a real lesson that sometimes when you don't ask, you don't just pick up the phone and ask the right person that what happens is you, you, you cut yourself off from a bunch of stuff. I remember hearing a, uh, uh, a podcast 
uh, about Elon Musk. And uh, it was a guy who at the time in the world was one of the leading rocket scientists in this particular type of rocket material who had received a call five years earlier from this really enthusiastic guy who'd asked a bunch of great questions and he hadn't given any thoughts to who this guy was until years later he sees uh, the gentleman on the uh, on TV talking about his rocket that he'd built and, and sure enough realized it was Elon Musk. That's one of the secrets of Elon Musk. He knows, like Henry Ford before him, he knew that the point was to go and find the right person and ask the question. I guess for me, it's interesting how many people I speak to who... Uh, when we talk about coaching, they tell me they've never even thought about getting help or, or getting coaching because it's just not their first thought. And I was guilty of it. You know, my thought, first thought wasn't to pick up the phone and ask. It was to, it probably couldn't do it. I, you know, it'd be too expensive, whatever it might be. And it really changed uh, sort of my approach. But I guess uh, the, the, the point I want to make is why bridge climb? Why have I been talking about bridge climb? Well, I've been talking about bridge climb because if there is a better example of an experiential business, in other words, a business that's designed uh, to deliver value through its, uh, to its uh, cl- customers and clients through how it makes them feel and the experience they go, th- go through, which has been successful in a highly legislative and regulated environment. There are so many rules and regulations, a hundred things that Paul had to solve before they let him launch Bridge Climb. And they do it in a way that is highly profitable and highly systematic. You can kind of see where I'm going with this. Uh, therefore, when I ran this uh, two-day accelerator at the bridge climb, it was the perfect example of why uh, all of the legislative changes that have gone on, all of the things should not be an impediment to building a business that doesn't just deliver a great client outcome, but equally importantly, can do it in a, a heavily regulated environment and do it in a systematic way. Uh, the event itself was really key, and this is the bit I wanted to talk about because there is so much data out there about client experience, about the benefit. There's a lot talked about it, but essentially if I talk about client experience to you, uh, if we were doing it practically, like I've done it with businesses like WealthMed, what we're doing is we're sitting out and mapping. What is it we want to deliver to a client over the uh, course of their journey in working with us? That typically works on a uh, first 90 days. What do you want to teach them, train them, excite them about, tell them, inform them? It also works in the rest of the year one between you know, first uh, the advice being implemented and that first review, and it works for every year afterwards. And mapping that out, the communications, the touch points across three different categories and 12 different ways that you can interact with clients with, as I said, the aim of giving the information they need to know at the point in time, exciting them about the journey they're on with you, and equally importantly, training them to work with you. That's the key thing. Uh, I did a session down in Melbourne in 2019, uh, and the co-presenter was a lady called Laura Deneen. She was the head of Nudge at Westpac. And as well as some really great data that she pulled out, this really stuck with me that research shows that 86% of clients are willing to pay more for a great client experience. And that makes sense to us. In actual fact, this year has been the year where experience the way that you uh, feel when you're working with a business or a brand has surpassed price and product as the most significant brand differentiator. And again, the research I've seen in various different areas say that it, it, it increases retention, it generates more referrals, it means that clients are more likely to renew, it reduces sensitivity, it demonstrates value, and it's very, very good at transitioning a legacy client base. If you're doing a fee transition and you've got this lead into it where you can communicate and, and really up that energy uh, and experience, it makes it much easier to do it. 
Amazon is another really good example of a business dedicated, famously so, to its client experience. And Airbnb is another great example and one that we explored in detail uh, at the at the workshop itself. In fact, what we're seeing now is more and more organizations are spending millions each year to form a relationship with the clients that can withstand external influence like price and product. So their decision on whether they're going to move or not is not, you know, it's just not coming into question. Well, the good news is in most cases, if we talk about proximity to clients and relationship, that's kind of what as advisors uh, we're really good at doing. Um, the thing though is as long as you can deliver it. Now, if we were to talk, if we were to sit down and you and I were to talk about experience, we'd know there's probably four stages to this. First, you have to understand what clients value, what you're doing well, and what the opportunities are. You know, um, if uh, you were to start doing some marketing or value proposition work or building a website, uh, and you don't know what your clients want, you don't know what their problems, frustrations, wants, desires, all of that sort of things are, then it's very, very hard to craft any sort of proposition. But oddly, people tend to jump over that and move straight to the doing. The second stage is design uh, the wow or what your five-star experience or, or in Airbnb's case, what 11-star experience looks back. Then you map it out both across you know 90 days, first year and beyond and looking at not just touch points but the emotional impact you're, you're wanting to have. And then obviously on the back end, the most important thing is how to track it, measure it and shape it uh, because typically no delivery model, no service pack package will survive first contact with the client, which means that it has to evolve in uh, response to what's actually going on. Now, bridge climb is really important because uh, the question we ask at this event, the question I want to ask you as a listener is what is it that uh, this highly successful experience-driven business that is operating in this legislative environment could do that delivers the same amazing outcome time after time after time? And the answer that came up uh, at the session was actually what does it is that they've got a clearly defined business system that frees human beings up to do what humans can do best, which is create an experience. Because in most cases, if you want to talk about where humans can out, out battle, out, you know, outscore AI, it's in that experience thing, right? So let's talk about those two levels because they're really, really key. The first part is the value proposition, right? And if you think about bridge climb, what is it about? And for me, the, 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 the sort of insight or the thing that stuck with me is bridge climb is about one thing. It's about reaching the summit. None of us would be happy going along to the bridge climb if halfway up the, the, the summit or halfway up the arch, they said, okay, let's turn around and go back. That's the bridge, right? You'd be, you'd be absolutely, uh, you feel like you've been stiffed. And I actually had this experience. I'd, I'd, when I booked this event, we actually, as part of the event, we went up the bridge and I'd booked what was called the Express uh, Summit Trip. Well, there's a few different packages you can get. And I, for, for a moment, I thought we weren't going to go to the top of the bridge and I felt stiffed until I realized there's a ladder up. Anyway. So this is the thing I want to point out. Your value, and it's shown again by the research, is to clients is about reaching their summit. Uh, I do a lot of work on goals, defining them. It's a big thing right now. I know there's a lot of people talk about smart goals and all this sort of stuff. I personally am not a fan of smart. I think smart is uh, any, look, to be honest, any acronym that sounds like it was nicely crafted to fit a word like smart, that's alarm bells for me. And I think you know, smart starts up well, specific, I agree with, measurable, totally, achievable, yep, realistic, isn't that the same as achievable, and timely, well, isn't that the same as measurable? Anyway, we'll not go there. Personally, I, I believe that defining goals is about three levels, which is typically define the goal, quantify it, and understand why it's important. 
Um, so the point is, is that any experience, it doesn't matter how good it is, it doesn't matter if you've got the best, you're running these events, so you're having this great communication. At the end of the day, it's important never to lose sight of. The most important thing is if, if you can understand that what, when you're working with clients, what they're really buying, whether you know it or whether you've defined it or whether it's sitting in the background, is, is their perception that there's some place they want to get to that you are going to help them get there, their version of the summit. But the second part's really interesting. Uh, and I said this uh, at, the, at the event. If we just went along to the bridge climb and we put on our coats and we went up there and we just silently went to the summit and we took some photos and came back down, it would not be what it is. The guy who took us up the bridge was a guy called Nick. Uh, he was a real professional. He'd been doing this a while. And along the way, he was telling stories about the bridge. He was drawing attention to the right things. You know, we went, when we went over the uh, piece where we're, uh, the, the gangway, where we're miles above uh, the sea, he was drawing attention to the stuff around them. So anybody who was a bit, you know, uh, scared of heights wouldn't get scared of heights. At no point did he joke about anything that was going on. But what he did joke, he told stories in a style that I think, uh, you'll know what I'm saying if you're Australian, you say it's iconically Australian. He was disparaging. Uh, he uh, sort of made jokes about the fact that they knocked down, uh, they didn't, when they were building the bridge, they didn't complain about knocking down the church. They didn't complain about knocking down the school. But as soon as they knocked down the pub, everyone was uh, quite indignant. You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, he knew how to make that journey response, uh, memorable because without that, it's a bunch of people silently walking up and back down again. It's not memorable. But what allowed him to do that? And I spoke to him a lot and we talked a lot about this in, uh, because it was really key, was a really meticulously planned timeline. Along the way, they were set up in a certain way. There were stations we had to go through, equipment we had to put on. It was, a, it was literally a human conveyor belt. There were check-ins he made along the way, some of we didn't even notice. There were milestones. There were communication points. There were people in the background doing things where there were handovers. It was there. This was a highly systematized business, backed by, by the way, backed by a training system that a lot of people don't get to see. A friend of mine used to be one of the trainers at, uh, at Bridge Climb. And he told me that Bridge Climb essentially uh, employs uh, backpackers, you know, uh, transient workers. And it has such a great training system, which is a combination of video training, uh, on the job, shadowing people. You know, it's broken down into pieces which enables them to train these people uh, without any specialist experience and bring them up. And in that 20 years they've been doing it, taking three and a half million people up the bridge completely safely, they've done it, they've drawn people in because who wouldn't want to go to the top of the bridge, but they've, they've made it memorable and made people come back through that human element. The point I wanted to share here is the two can't exist without the other. For me, client experience as a business is that combination of the summit and the journey. Uh, it's such a big topic, but the thing is if you are hearing a lot of this stuff about client experience, and you'd like to bank some of that stuff, you know, reduce sense, fee sensitivity, greater retention, referrals. The two things you can do really, really well is make sure that your engagement with clients, whether it's reviews or whether it's your first appointment, you're getting to the heart of what those clients' summits are. Not just, uh, man, the worst bit of advice I ever saw, which is given to my mother-in-law as it happens, had that client, famous client goal. Your goal is to outsource investment management. My God. My mother-in-law would never say that in her life. I don't think there's many clients who would say that. The truth is that most people have a goal. I want to send my kids to private school. The next stage down is to quantify it. How much is it going to cost? When do you want to go? Which private school? Uh, when does it start? When does it end? But then there's that final bit about why? What's the payoff? Why is it you want to send your What's important about private school? And that 
That's the true summit. If you don't have that, if you don't have that clarity of what your clients are really in it for, then it's really hard to connect the experience they're going to go through with that. Uh, by the way, it's not too late. Uh, there are a lot of work I do with businesses who aren't necessarily wired that way is how do you re-engage clients who maybe haven't had that conversation do it in a way at review that isn't, isn't unnatural. But the second thing is what happens between the start and the finish is where it becomes memorable. And if you can map this out, if you can put it on a slide deck, you can draw it on a whiteboard and you can say, well, I want to I want to have this touch point. I want to tell the clients about this. I want to excite them about this. I want to tell them about the road ahead. I want to inform them about what they need to know at this stage, what's coming up. Uh, you can scale it. You can make it something that is repeated. You can use the same email. As long as you rewrite them every year, you'll be right. Uh, you can use video. Uh, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. And this is where you can scale your business massively because you can have that same conversation, uh, not just one-on-one, -on -one, but you're going to have it. Feels like one-on-one, -on -one, but it's being done at scale. Client experience is a massive topic. Uh, I am so grateful to the guys at Bridge Climb for giving me the opportunity to go there. And by the way, if you are listening to this and you'd like to run an event at Bridge Climb, uh, assuming they're back open again after the closures, uh, the, the experience was amazing. Without doubt, one of the best workshops I'd run. Um, but yeah, experience is a huge opportunity. Uh, you're going to hear me talk about a lot. There's some resources on the blog that talk about it in, in detail. And if you're interested in getting a copy of the template I'm talking about, the journey mapping that we did at the workshop, give me a shout, uh, help at adairy.com.au, and I'm happy to share it with you. But uh, I want to share this. I want to share it for two reasons. Firstly, because um, asking, just putting it out there, finding the right person is something that has served me pretty well. I can't believe I saw that as a, it was such a blind spot for me in this particular case. But it goes to show you uh, when you take action, sometimes amazing things happen. And the second thing is client experience is I think one of the best opportunities for advice businesses moving forward. We've already seen it in what's happened recently. You know, uh, We've seen that clients do want to hear from advisors uh, and that client engagement, whether it's remotely, uh, being able to have that conversation is, is, is useful. But being able to do it regularly, consistently, and in a way that isn't just about every single time you want to have a conversation, you've got to do it 80 times, or 100 times, or 120 times, but you can do it that many times, but produce it once is, is, hugely, is hugely powerful. Hey there, Finnovators. I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, a bit of a different tack, but I wanted to really share it. Experience is uh, something I'm really passionate about, as are sort of many of the other areas that make up the program that I've spent the last five, is it six years, uh, building the Leverage Advice Film, uh, which includes marketing, referral marketing, digital marketing, uh, partnership marketing, new client engagement, onboarding clients, you know, everything I spoke about in those first 90 days, building service offers, propositions, pricing, profitability, uh, client experience, obviously, uh, working with a team, outsourcing, systems, processes, technology, and of course, personal productivity. Uh, there's a lot in there, but it's all got the same focus, which is helping businesses progress from you know, early stages, transform their business, go through that journey to as far as they want to go, but most importantly, build a business that, that really is the business they want to build, you want to build, as well as uh, one that services your clients just as well. Uh, if you're interested in more about the programs, uh, if you like that and you want to know more, please head over to our website, ourdairy.com.au. Uh, also, if there's a topic that I've just reeled off a list of that you'd like to hear me do a bit of a you know, five or 10 minute summary, something you'd like to know beyond just the interview stuff we've done, please drop me a line, stuart at ourdairy.com.au. I'd be happy uh, to share, share something. That's it for me. I hope you have got a great week lined up. And once again, thank you so much for being a listener of The Finnovator and have a great week.